0: Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower.
1: Hey, guys, this is Doc Cuffbarer coming to you again from my studio here in Alvin, Texas. Now, today I was lucky enough to interview one of my new friends, Dr. David Rice. Uh, we've been chatting a bit, and his philosophies line up with mine so much that we thought it would be a great idea to actually have them on the podcast for, for David to talk a little bit about what it is he does and what he's built, which, by the way, if you take a look at this website right here, Ignite DDS, that is david's website you can find some great information on there some great tools a couple of ebooks and uh and even some links to some free ce so david if you don't mind introduce yourself and and tell our audience a little bit about
0: you sure so first of all thanks for having me Uh, dentist 27 years where does the time go i have no idea but i i'm a practicing dentist in western New York. So Buffalo, for all of, of you who um, really like a lot of gray weather and snow, come visit us from pretty much August through May. Those are our peak snowy months. So I've been doing this a long time. And in addition to that, I'm a teacher at heart. I've taught part-time at Buffalo School. I've taught residents. And 10 years ago, founded this little thing, Ignite DDS, and kind of wanted to like unshackle from the formal curricula at a dental school and, and be able to bring all the things that we know as private practitioners matter. So I'm a mentor and I'm an educator to dentists of, of all ages, but our, our niche really has been young dentists and students because I know people need to start off sprinting as opposed to spend five, six, ten years trying to figure out who they want to be when they grow up and how to gotcha. get there.
1: Well, the, the average used to be whenever I graduated in 2012, um, and, and gosh, you're right, the time does fly. I still feel like such a neophyte dentist. And, you know, I, I own two practices, <laughs> you know, so it's, I think it's one of those learning curves that just, it just continues to be pretty steep throughout your career, unless you surround yourself with some really good people. And unless you seek out some really good information, which I, I think that you've really created a, a hub spot for people to do that with Ignite DDS. If you wouldn't mind, talk to us a little bit about what Ignite DDS um, actually teaches, you know, what what people are in the program. And, you know, you, you've already told us your goal is to educate young dentists, which, God, I wish I had known you when I was just starting out, you probably could have saved me a few hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Glenn Vaux definitely could have saved me a few hundred thousand dollars. That, that man can find a deal. Tell us, what is it that you are teaching in this, in this, um, in this educational forum?
0: Sure. So, you know, we, th- there used to be a time when, when I, when I was brand new in dentistry, where all you had to be was a great dentist, that's it. You know, it was easy for me to build my first practice, the later two or three different same time. But so we teach clinical skills. We have to be able to walk our talk for sure. Patients deserve it. We deserve it. You know, we work long and hard to get here. We teach the business side of dentistry, a lot of leadership, a lot of leadership. You know, I think the number one place dentists fall is we don't learn that in school. So we, we have a, a team crisis in dentistry today, which think everybody who's um, joining us here today is acutely aware of um, team members are down, team members are making more demands. Um, I'm a culture guy, so I love my team, but you need to be a leader, Docs. Um, This is your name on the door and and your team and your vision. So we bring a lot of that to the table because I know we have to be strong clinically, strong leaders, strong culture builders, and we have to be great business people because the game has changed.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. you know David, you and I were talking um, just before we came on air about uh, you know a new project that I'm doing. I'm, I'm starting a consulting company with um, with Joe Mayo and Glenvo to do some real no BS consulting uh, because I feel like a lot of programs out there and th- this is why I love what you're doing. You're teaching good solid business principles because a lot of these consultants out there they, they teach you just enough to get in trouble and they teach you really they, they call it empowering your team but it's abdicating your own power and your own responsibility within the the, the structure of the practice you've created and that's never a good idea you know they you, you when when the inmates are running the asylum you know not to say that my dental office is an asylum, but you know, there are some days, <laughs> are some days where I feel like it might be. But you 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 can't have that. You have to be, like you said, a leader. Talk to me about your philosophy of leadership and your philosophy of culture.
0: Sure. So, uh, I I am a firm believer, in, you know, people talk about vision and mission and, and all that stuff's really important. A lot of people blow it way out of proportion. I would tell you from a foundational standpoint, The first thing I recommend to anybody dentist or not is get your personal vision. Who the heck do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want your day to day to look like? Do you want, how long do you want to work and do this thing? What do you love to do in life? And and that should be number one. And then number two is build a professional life that supports your personal life, that makes it happen. So when I bring vision into my dental practice, when we work with dentists to bring vision into their practices, make no mistake about it. It's your vision. Now, as a leader, we've got to share that with our team. We've got to engage people. We have to educate them. We've got to empower them, but it's not a group vision. It's your vision docs. So it's your life. And and what you want to do is build a team of people who share your view in the workspace who share your view of life and then it gets easy
1: people who make you a better version of the person that you have chosen to be because if you're not being intentional in the people that you're surrounding yourself with you're never going to hit your goals and i'm I'm sitting here and i'm i'm chuckling while you're you're telling me your your vision because you and i haven't discussed this before but for the practices that i have consulted with I'll, i'll go in i've never been charged anyone i'll just go in and i'll i'll look at things that they've gotten going on and I'll say, okay, look, I would change this, this, and this, or they'll say, Hey, how how do I get to this level? What I always tell them is to take a piece of paper and I want you to write down, here's your homework. This is what I call my if day, if I've made it. So what is my day like professionally as a provider? What is my day like as a business owner? And what is my day like as a father, a husband, these things are so important and they each inform the others. The only way to have balance because it, the work life balance is something that a lot of people put lip service to, but very few actually teach. And I think that's exactly what you're teaching. That's your culture. You're teaching is that your personal life has to inform who you are as a professional and what your business does because it's all tied up. It's all part of the same thing. Who hasn't gone home and they've had a bad day at work and you know, regrettably taking it out on their family by being snappish or what have you, or who hasn't had to reprimand one of their children right before they go to work, or, you know, their wife's car gets a flat and they're running late, and that personal life encroaches upon their professional life. And maybe they're snappish with their team or what have you. Unless you make all of those things part of the same whole, and unless you make each one inform the other, you will never have balance.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I think a lot of people make this mistake. So I'm going to give you three words and, and we, I think many of us do this sort of in, inherently. We have to, we have to intentionally think about doing the reverse. So people talk about have, do, and be. So when I have enough money, I can behave this way. And then I get to be this person. When in fact, when we live the opposite, formula works so much better so if i am this person i get to do all these things and you know what because of that this have is automatic so we 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 often like we've got to we've got to live life in reverse in order to get what we want it's it's not i'm going to wake up one day and it's just you know snap your fingers magically happen you know multiple practices like that just didn't occur right so You've got yeah, to be I, I the person you want maybe to be. I'm
1: going to steal that from my own personal life. I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's right. a good one.
1: You're exactly right. Yeah. Um, I actually I had a, an old colleague of mine uh, tell me in, in a different profession, but he told me the only people who can afford to live the life that they envision for themselves are the exceedingly wealthy and the destitute. One, no one can take anything from. And the other is just the same.
0: Yeah. That's great, I always, great I always advice. That one. It's good, right? Because I mean, seriously, we many, many people probably tuning into this have, have read Good to Great and Built to Last by Jim Collins. But good is the enemy of great. It is. If if you if you've got nothing, you've got nothing to, like you said, you've got nothing to lose. If you if you're pretty darn good, it's easy to get comfortable. And I've watched ninety percent of dentistry be comfortable for the last. 30 years
1: well it's, it's becoming increasingly uncomfortable because the things that they base that level of comfort on are being pulled away from them slowly you know for sure team salaries team expectations team demands reimbursement rates disallowals. i mean that i don't know about you but for me that was a huge thing um we weren't still taking uh, we weren't still taking insurance and i could only imagine what it was doing to other people's practices who were taking insurance because we sure. told that, oh, yeah, not only not only are we not going to pay you, you can't have the patient pay you. And that's earth shattering Th- that had to have really hit some people hard. So they have to change. They have to adapt. They have to continue to grow.
0: Absolutely. And it's, you know, we we see it all the time, all over social media and people are it's the same 20 problems that dentistry's had for the last hundred years. They're just amplified today. Absolutely. And we now have a vehicle to, to speak out loud about them. But I mean, we have two choices, right? We can complain about it or we can get better. And I would hope that, you know, those of you who are here would, would rather get better than come out and commiserate with, you know, 30 other thousand people.
1: You you would hope, but, There's an old phrase, uh, something to the effect of, it is said, but it is written. It's a biblical (laughs) reference, right? You know, people say that they want to be better. They say that they want to go the extra mile, but a lot of times they just fall into that misery loves company bucket. And, you know, to to further expand on that, they fall into the crabs in a bucket mentality because of that. You know, when they see someone who's doing something different or rising up from their current circumstance, and they haven't done it themselves and they don't see how to do it, there must be something wrong with that person. So they try to pull them down, you know, and it's, it's one of the things, as I said, I've done a little consulting for, for practices, and you are so right on the money. There are only like, maybe, I'd even say 15 problems because five or 10 of those problems are the result of another problem that was in the practice that if it was fixed, you wouldn't have the other ones. But every single dentist I've ever talked to without fail, for some reason thinks that the problems that they have in their practice are unique to them and i think <laughs> that the reason is we're all so smart you have to be smart to become a dentist that we think well i can't have the same problems everyone else does right you know these have to be unique to my situation and it it it's kind of um a form of self-flattery i suppose well no one can solve my problems exactly the way they solve someone else's problems because mine are unique and i'm special we're all special little snowflakes right
0: it's interesting it's and it's so very true in it, it, the short answer to that is um every single dentist out there lives in a practice with the exact same problem and the solution is almost identical whether you're in an urban practice suburban rural east coast west coast you take insurance you don't take insurance the big picture solutions they're all the same you just the message is the same the messenger is key.
1: I agree. Mess- I absolutely yeah. agree. You know, do, you, do you find that... I'm gonna go out on a limb here and, and, and I'm gonna guess that you've seen the same thing I have. Almost all problems boil down to two things. Lack of leadership and lack of intention. Because all of the cultural issues you have is lack of leadership and all of the systems-based issues that you have is lack of intention. I mean, there are some other things thrown in there, but those are like two of the huge things I concentrate on whenever I talk to a practice owner because there's there's just so much to fix there.
0: There really is. And, and you know, if I don't know, I'm a focus guy, you know, I, I, I would rather do a half a dozen things at an extremely high level than try to be good at 10, 20, 30 things because there's just not enough hours in the day. So if you just focus on those two areas that you just mentioned, there is no way you can't be successful when you invest the time and the energy into those buckets absolutely but there's, there's a lot of noise out there so there's, there's in some of so the
1: old old adages okay so uncommon sense right the, the problem is is that we all know all these things everyone says things like well what get me- gets measured grows so <laughs> if you're measuring your own intention and you're measuring your own leadership you can't help but grow and, and, and it's just putting your mind on those things and intentionally thinking about them and, and having the courage to be a little bit introspective Yeah. and looking at yourself and saying, is this me? Am I getting in my own way? That's what I had to do, you know? And it was humbling. I'll, I'll be very honest with you. And this is something I I tell everyone that I talk to whenever they're talking about their woes and their business, because they usually come to you in in a point of, um, of almost depression, They're just, they, they just, they feel helpless in the situation. Yeah. And I think that for a lot of us, we have to get to that point before we'll seek help guys, please don't, don't put yourself through that. You can fix these problems. If you just are a little introspective and say, maybe I'm the one who needs working on and you go to someone like David and you take the classes you need to become a better leader, and to be more intentional in the way that you problem solve in your business, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on another limb here: divorce all decisions from emotion.
0: That's a good one. You know, it's a really good one because as human beings, we inherently default to emotional choices, and we justify those choices later with logic. And that is absolutely. the opposite <laughs> formula that works. Yeah, so for sure.
1: Talk to me a little bit about. Um, your program and some of the amazing people that you've got teaching in your program.
0: Yeah, I love to. So what we saw in dentistry is the same thing I'm guessing most of you have seen is there's a there's a gap, right? So there's there's some elite level continuing education in dentistry and we all know those institutions they do an amazing job. Absolutely. And you're going to spend 10, 20, 30, 50, 100,000 dollars if I told all of you how much money I've spent in my career it's well north of half a million bucks well north of a half a million bucks was it worth it for me absolutely for most of you you're shaking your heads like you're insane David so the goal of Ignite DDS University was to go get some of those elite speakers and to bring them to a price point that like the regular folk in dentistry can afford. So we've got, you know, on the clinical side, we've got guys like Abdi Samani, he's a huge Panky speaker, Dawson speaker, Kois, Spear, I mean, so we went out and collected strong clinicians in clinical spaces, in implantology, and endo, sleep, um, anterior, posterior restorative. On the business side, we went and got all the people you'd see from the podium at the greatest shows, right? Greater New York, California Dental, um, Chicago Midwinter, and we recruited them. So, I mean, the university isn't, is, it's not the David Rice Show. I have a lane that I excel in. So in my lane, I can teach all of you how to be a tremendous leader. And, that, and And those lessons will double your practice in less than a year if you listen. But that's just my lane. There's lots of people with other lanes. We went and got them. We're adding two new courses from two new speakers every single month. And the design is an on-demand, like Netflix-style education, chunked in small doses. You can take it when you want. CE's all fully automated for you. And, and we wanted to, to take away the financial obstacle you know, for people so you can get the very best speakers in dentistry for, for a price you can afford. And, and, and yes, you can do it from your living room or your office or wherever the heck you want to. So that's that's the nuts and bolts of it.
1: I love, you know, <laughs> we've joked before, you know, because I'll say things and you're like, yeah, I wouldn't say it exactly like that, but I agree. So I'm I'm going to take a stab at something you didn't say. You said there's a, there's two different kinds of education. And then sure. you talked about the really good one. There is some truly mediocre and subpar education out there too. And, you know, trying to cut through that chaff when you are a new dentist or, you know, Dental student, because fo- folks, if any dental students are out there listening to this, take his courses, join Ignite DDS, start learning today. I had over a hundred hours of CE when I educate when I escaped my my dental education. <laughs> yes, yeah. truthfully, some of these courses are just trash. They're crap, and th- that's the thing that David wasn't going to say because he's a nice guy, but I'm not, so I will say it. Some of these courses are trash. Some of these people are teaching you things that don't work and they're taking your money to teach them to you. Find some great mentors and some great educators, spend a little bit of money, learn from the people who've done it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't I, I didn't agree more. I can't say those
1: same words, but you know.
0: <laughs> Man, there's so many words I'd love to say to everybody out there, but yes, you know, if you said 80% of everything, everybody sees out there's junk, that's a fair number. It's it's not an unreasonable thing to to say out loud. And and yes, dentists, if you want better for yourselves, you actually have to spend money and invest in yourself because a free course, somebody bought it. It's not free. Somebody paid for that time. So true education means nobody has a vested interest in that education other than it's just pure and when the message is strong and the messenger is strong i mean make data-driven decisions you said it earlier doc if you take a course and you feel good about it because emotionally it, it captured your attention but it doesn't translate right um, to helping your practice and helping your patients helping you as a leader then. Okay. So you felt nice for 10 minutes and I guarantee the next day you woke up and you felt like garbage again and you needed your next fix. So yes.
1: and, and, and get and with you, the right folks. You put it, you put your finger on that. And I, I, I realized the part that I didn't say, it's not just that, you know, 80% of these courses out there are crap. It's not just that they are mediocre. What it is, is there are some of these people that are truly good at what they do, but what they do is not teach. Hmm. You have to find those people who just seem to have that magical quality of being able to both teach and to do. You know, there, there's an old saying about that, isn't there? You know, those who Yes, there is. So if you can find that magical combination of traits, that's really who you want to go to. I, I don't want to disparage any of my dentist friends who teach, um, but a lot of people are very knowledgeable dentists, but they're terrible educators.
0: What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you're right. That? Yeah, no, you, you're right. You have to be able to deliver. So the experience factor of whoever is is teaching is is really, really important. And then you have to be able to translate the message so that every student can go back to their practice and deliver. I mean, I don't how many rooms have you sat and where, like the, the presenter was clearly excellent, but at the end of it, you just felt terrible about yourself because they made everything seem like it was um, insurmountable. I mean, guys, there's nothing we, we're not. I don't mean That's to belittle people. us. We're not stupid people, but we're not brain surgeons either. Everything we do comes with a formula and a recipe And yes, you have to be able to think, and yes, you need the hand skills to deliver it if it's clinical or the team on the business side to deliver it. But it's not rocket science. It really isn't. It's just, um, it's It's, a recipe. It's not rocket
1: surgery either. It's not rocket
0: surgery either. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's so funny. You're, You're talking about this and, man, every time we talk, it just floors me how many similarities there are in the ways that we think about these things. You know, I'm actually, I'm planning a course right now that I'm teaching. All right. So written on this is you must make them understand the communication formula. Interval leads to intention, leads to attention, coding, transmission, receipt, and decoding, duplication of a reality so that they can understand. It's all, it's all easy peasy stuff, guys. You know, the thing is, is that, these courses, they just provide you a framework for thinking about the common sense shit. You probably should already know. Right. Yeah. You know?
0: Very true.
1: So David, you're a member of the business of dentistry and I'm, I'm going to go far afield here on this one. I know that you've given some really great advice to some of the folks on there because I read your post I don't know if you, if you noticed, but I like, I like them quite a bit. Um, <laughs> just, uh, So I can follow down what people are saying on there. Given some of the, some of the dear doc questions that you've seen and given some of the posts that you've seen on the business of dentistry, um, I know there's probably been a couple of them where you just wanted to put your face through a wall. (laughs) So talk to us a little bit about some of the things you've seen on the business of dentistry that, you think that you have some very simple answers to so that our listeners can actually get some, some good meat and potatoes from this um, from this podcast.
0: Sure. So uh, you know I'll t- I'll talk about, you know, one of the biggest pain points out there right now. And that is team members walking, team members complaining, team members want, wah, want, wah, want, wah, And and mm-hmm. what I see is it's very easy. And it's the old adage, right? We don't know, what we don't know. Right. And it's very easy to to come to TBOD and say, here's my problem, and then get 100 people to agree and think that there's no solution. Um, there's absolutely a solution. And, and some people aren't going to like me for this. What we're talking if you're about ha- commensurating
1: if, again, right?
0: Yeah, so here's the scoop. And you know, all can hate me if you want to, but I, I've always promised to be truthful. If you have major team issues, Go stand in front of a mirror because the problem is you. You have taught. We teach people how to treat us, whether it's our children as parents or our teams in our practice. So if everybody's walking out, they're not leaving your job. They're leaving you. If people are fighting all the time, they're fighting because you're not leading them. And you can overcome this because I wasn't always a great leader either. I learned the hard way. You don't need to suffer like I did for a half a dozen years.
1: So I, I don't know about you. I grew up with, um, three siblings. Um, all of them, yeah. sisters, all of them younger. And, um, one of the first things that I taught them was whenever they were out with a guy, any guy in any situation, okay. whether they're dating or not, when they approached the front door, they should turn sideways and stare at the guy until he opened the door. Ah, I like it. That was teaching him how to respect her correctly because most guys just, they're not very chivalrous anymore. And so if you lay down that expectation, that's what's going to happen because no one wants to look, have be looked at like they're stupid. Right. And so it really kind of warmed my heart to find out that one of my sisters is teaching her daughters to do the same thing right now, which just, you know, that's a win. Right. But it's little things like that. That's how you have to be intentional in this you have to set out with a goal of what you want. You have to lay the groundwork, lay the expectations. And this is the part I think where dentists, they fall down a lot. And and David, maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm being too judgmental. Dentists are so poor at conflict. They want to be liked. And I think it's because everyone says, I hate the dentist. Oh, I feel bad about what I do because I'm a dentist. Oh, I make a lot of money, but it really seems like the things I do are pretty easy. They don't respect their own clinical skills enough to charge what they should charge. And they, they allow people to walk all over them and they will not write them up. They have this inherent issue with conflict. And until they get over that, they will never. And, and that doesn't mean you have to be hostile to people. Don't mistake right. that. It just means that you have to respect yourself enough and the rules that you've laid down enough to actually make sure people adhere to them. You need to write employees up. How many times have you seen, oh, well, you know, the front desk comes in and you know, I I think four posts this week. The front desk comes in when they want to come in. They're always late. They're you know, they're never on time. I think they're stealing from me. Uh, I go up front, they're on their cell phones and they're not answering calls. What do I do? Establish company policies, have a written handbook, enforce what the employees are supposed to be doing and yet treat them respectfully. It's not that big of a balancing act.
0: It, yeah. Can I give you a little, a three-step process, a little Great. meat like you wanted? Awesome. Okay. So yes. Expectation number one, everything you just shared in our practice, um, Our three steps are, everybody's agreed to how we win the game. That's exactly what Doc just shared. The moment we've all agreed to that, the first time somebody goes against the grain, um, we sit down, we have a conversation, we write it up. But it's an easy conversation. It's just uh, objective and formal. Second time, we do the same. It's write up. Third time, um, you leave your keys on the desk. It's your last day in our practice now everybody knows the rules of the game right because people need to know how to win but they also need to know the rules everybody knows those rules on day one that's really important yes in 27 years i've had one person who had to fire herself i never fired her we literally sat down on number three and linda one of my still one of my favorite people I'm like, Linda, do you know why we're here? She took her keys, I kid you not, out of her lab coat pocket, put them on the desk and said, I let the team down, it's time for me to move on. And the the coolest thing to your point is it doesn't have to be confrontational was, you know, I looked at her, I'm like, you know what, Linda, you're amazing, we love you. You and your family, you are always welcome here. I just know there's a better fit out there for you. And I kid you not, it's gotta it's got be a decade now since this happened. Um, she and her family are still patients at our practice. You know, it's
1: silly and it's maybe a little petty, but isn't that the most wonderful feeling when someone someone you've had to fire, the first thing they ask is, can we still be patients? Yep, makes you feel amazing. It really does, you know, sure. I, I have to say, I suspect I know some of the some of the training that you've paid as much as you have for. Um, I heard I heard some Cialdini in there, and I also heard um, actually some Hubbard in there. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Okay. All yes. Right. There's No wonder we we think so much alike.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I I uh, and we we mirror this on on ignite DDS University, but I learned so many lessons from people outside of dentistry. The Absolutely. clinical stuff is key, but the business side and the leadership side um there are some great leaders and business people who um, are not dentists i know shocking I'm, so i'm
1: going to i'm going to go out on a limb here and once again say the obnoxious insulting thing that you won't say um most dentists suck at business most dentists <laughs> suck at leadership and the things that you're teaching are the thing are the things that you're being taught whenever you go to some of these courses usually it's just someone who sucks a little bit less than the people around them.
0: It's a really good point. It really is. And you know, consultants today, like dentists, there's a top ten percent. There's an elite pool. They know their stuff and they can. And, and they know their work and they can teach it. And then there's the rest of the world. So we we have to be careful because the you know the buck stops with us. So. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Man, I'll tell you what um, before we head off here, I would love to chat about some books. Um, I don't know about you. Um, after dental school, it took me a long time to get back into reading. Um, I yeah. used to be an avid reader. I think dental school just broke me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. I, I,
1: I was the geek who bought all the books, so you know that's that's like unheard of today. No one buys the books, but um no. Some great books. Um, we talked about Cialdini, influence, prefluence, huge influences on the way that I do things. You sounded like you had had some of that same training. Um, do you have any any books in that vein that you would recommend to anyone?
0: I'll tell you what I, I like. Um, I like a book called Essentialism. So it's it it's you know it's it's all about focus. It's all about you know th- digging deep, not wide. And how each of us can assess what really is important to us and ignore all those other great opportunities. That's a good one. I like, I like that one a lot. I like um, I like Leaders Eat Last. That's a really great read. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that pop into my head. You know, traction's a good one for systems. I'm sure you've read that. Gosh i got to pull out my phone and look what I have in here.
1: Hey, David, have you read this one?
0: Yeah. Oh, yes.
1: One of my favorites. I yeah. I learned more from that book. I was actually going uh, going over some of my old notes from whenever I, I started reading it, whenever I opened my practice. But um, it's funny. If, have you ever gone over your old notes from these classes and seen little pearls that you wrote down? You're like, shit, I forgot about that. I, I've got to re-implement that. But...
0: that's That's a a tremendous point isn't it that is a tremendous point
1: yeah
0: yeah because we do that right it's it's you know i would i am a reader and an audiobook listener and and the whole nine yards i'm a perpetual student but i would tell you all that you know don't read a thousand books just read like 20 great ones and take read them slowly and take notes i love that you have that notepad i do the same thing i Mm -hmm. screw you know i have my computer but i like to scribble and it makes me feel like I'm learning more deeply. I I, I really
1: do. I feel like if I'm putting pen to paper, now I'll type as I'm listening to a lecture, but I'll use the Cornell note (coughs) system and I'll write off little off to the sides. Okay, this this is a question I'm gonna ask later. Or, oh, wow, that's a really neat pearl. I need to make sure I implement that. Or crap, I had this problem last week. I need to go back and readdress this. But again, that's being an active learner and being introspective yeah being willing to work on yourself
0: yeah and i'm not sure if you do this or not but you know what we've done in our practice for too many years to say out loud is that all of us docs read a book together Mm -hmm. and then when we find the ones that we really love and we've worked out the lessons we want our team to learn we buy everybody a copy we usually do just two a year so we don't want to overwhelm our team and distract them from the big picture goal it's amazing how much more you can integrate when everybody's on the exact same page at the exact same time. I'm going
1: to go a step further and I'm going to say, you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you actually do this and you buy one book a year even, and you just say, hey, every month we're going to go over a chapter. So everyone just go ahead and look back over that. You will know with great certainty who is not in the right position. Because when you come to that meeting, the people who want to be there, they'll have read the book. Yeah. And the people and they'll have something to, there, to say. And they'll have something to say. Exactly. Um, yeah. The people who are not fits will not read the book or they will get nothing from it. And that doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they're not coachable or they're not introspective enough to understand the lessons in the book that apply to them.
0: Yeah. And you know, I'm going to add something to that is I know we're in a world today where many people are fearing, well, I know this person isn't the right person and the right fit but if I lose them, we're going to be down a person. I would argue we're all much better off functioning a person down and railing our team than bringing the wrong person or people into our team or letting them stay.
1: It's like a person who's swimming from a shipwreck and hauling an anchor behind them going, but if I let go of this anchor, I won't have an anchor. Stop doing that to yourselves. When when you go into work, if the first thought in your mind, when you wake up is work and the next thought or emotion is, I don't want to go in today. There's someone you need to fire. You know, I, I, I probably, I don't think you would say that, but I'm going to say it. If there's something that's keeping you from loving what you do, it's either internal or Indirectly internal because it's your fault because of your poor leadership, but there's someone on your bus that needs to have a seat on a different bus going in a different direction.
0: Absolutely, and I would encourage all of you. We call this in our practice. We call it eat the frog. So when there's something that you know and it's just you've got that pit in your stomach, make that the first thing you do. It's a great book. On whatever day it is, yeah,
1: eat eat that frog. Right, fantastic. Eat book. that
0: frog. It's a great read. Yep. It's a great read.
1: Your library must be as bad as mine.
0: <laughs> uh, my with those poor wife. Are,
1: you, are you doing your audiobooks at, at two X and three X, or are you like listening to it <laughs> driving? What, what are you doing?
0: You know, I, I do it when I'm at the gym mostly, or when I'm walking, uh, when I'm walking Gibbs our, our Husky, that's, that's good listening time for me. And, I'm, you know, I'm like a one and a half to two X guy because I really want and I'm pausing all the time and I'm trying to right. think about, oh, how do I apply this?
1: How do I'm I make so this envious work? of my friends who well, they'll, they'll listen to these things and they're listening to like five or six books a week and like they're running through them, I guess, whatever the highest speed is on Audible. And I just honestly, I've tried getting into into Audible books, but I can't find the right framework in my own mind to do it. I've got to read it. And I've even gone so far as to get the audiobook and then I'll end up buying the paperback or the hardback, because I just, I'm, I, I get to a point where, um, if you've studied the Hubbard stuff, you know, when you don't understand something, your brain pauses and everything after that, you don't understand it all. And you have to trace <laughs> back to the thing that you didn't understand. And I'm like that with audiobooks. you know, as, as it's going, I'm like, what the, what did I just hear? And it, it's too distracting. I've got to have paper so I can look at the words and go, okay, what did I not understand? But you know it takes all takes all kinds. Well, my friend, I'll tell you, this has been um, a fantastic opportunity to talk to you. Um, is there anything that you want to leave our audience with?
0: Yes, absolutely. So I, I'm so in love with what we've done at the university, and I love I love TBOD. It's um, I. I'm in, those people who know me, like I'm not normally a a Facebook group kind of guy because of all the noise we talked about earlier, but there's, there's, you have great, you have a great community. You've, it's an, it's an awesome think tank. So for your group, you know, we're going to drop our price from 500 bucks to 240. It's an annual subscription. Um, I'm never going to be that guy that says, you got to do this right now Um, because the price is gonna go away. But um, I would tell you, yes, the price will go away at some point, we can't do that forever because of the level of speakers we're bringing into this. But I would just, I would encourage all of you, if you want better for yourself, and if you want better for your team, there's courses for your entire team on there, Um, invest in yourself. And it doesn't have to be Ignite DDS University. There's lots of good places Uh, you can DM me. I'll tell you all the places I spent tens of thousands of dollars if you'd like. But if you want a great education for uh, a great value, um, I'd be honored if you came and checked it out.
1: Well, there you have it folks. David, would you do me a favor post that on TBOD after we're done with our interview here and I will put it up into the announcement section so that people can very easily find it. You Uh, bet. Last thing is one of these days you and I need to sit down and talk about what trainings we we've each had. I suspect we followed some very similar paths in our training, just from hearing the things that you've, um, you, you've taken yourself,
0: but, I, I'm, I'm quite sure we either sat in the same rooms or, uh, <laughs> a, a disciple of one of those people for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, folks, this has been the deer doc podcast again, Dr. David Rice of ignite DDS. Um, practicing clinician for 27 years, just sharing some of his wisdom with you and trying to get you some cost-effective high ROI CE. Check him out at ignitedds.com and uh, go ahead and click the link that he's going to post for you guys to go and get a discount on that. I think that's really generous. Once again, thank you for wasting an hour of your time listening to the sound (laughs) of our voices. Hope that you have a fantastic day. This is Doc, signing off.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.